Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you are all having an absolutely fantastic day today, as always. And if you need anything, be sure to give us a call or email us at healthmasters.com. A lot of different things going on right now, including the product of the week, the Cortisol Buster, one of my favorite, on sale right now for 10% off as product of the week. So be sure to check that out on the website. I told you guys yesterday, there were some things that have been coming out now. And a lot of this stuff we already knew, but this is confirming it even further. Um, Judicial Watch, who does a lot of work as far as uh, filing Freedom of Information Acts. They tried back in uh, 2021, August 2021, they filed a Freedom of Information lawsuit against AHS because HHS failed to respond to an April 19, 2029 request of records. And now the Freedom of Information Act, this request, this lawsuit has gone through. So October 4th, two days ago, they had a 249 pages of records from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services detailing the extensive media plan for essentially a propaganda campaign to push the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, I told you guys from the very beginning this entire thing was pre-planned. It was completely set up, and the entire propaganda push for the shot was well-orchestrated. This wasn't something that they just came up with overnight and said, oh, by the way, we suddenly approved RNA gene therapy shots, and suddenly everybody's telling you to get it. This thing had been in the works for years. There's no way you get the level of collusion among every single media outlet across the entire world to say the exact same thing about a drug, about an injection that absolutely does not have any long-term clinical trials on top of that. We find that it was not safe, nor was it effective. It was actually very, very dangerous. Now, what's interesting about this, in this Freedom Information Act lawsuit, these 249 pages, and I'll post the uh, link up on the website. You guys can look through it. What they uncovered with this is astonishing. It, it pretty much shows you the entire, and when I say the entire, I mean the entire entertainment industry was a agent for the government, a mouthpiece to push vaccine propaganda. This is why you heard the exact same narrative on every single network, every single news station, every single sports outlet. And the newly released records include a document titled PEC, Public Education Campaign Plan, which includes media plans and action items under the so-called Major Public Education Project starting in April 2021 and continuing through the end of May. The vaccine engagement package to all entertainment, talent, and management agencies, engagement packages to all media companies and show producers, outreach to major cultural event producers, launch community core business chapter, celebrity share the mics, late night host vaccination videos. On top of that, they produce question and answer videos featuring local doctors discussing the vaccine, how they work, and why the public should get injected. There was even aspects of Hollywood comedy writer 
video content, putting this in scripts about how you need to get the shot, YouTube and original specials about vaccinations targeted to young people, work with Instagram to produce series of vaccines for Instagram's largest social media accounts, requesting major TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram influencers to create videos of themselves being vaccinated and start a special campaign of musical videos of being vaccinated to encourage others. Listen to this. Request a vaccination special on Christian Broadcasting Network featuring evangelical leaders. Request that major live TV entertainment show hosts bring vaccination topics on air. Request that TV morning and daytime talk show feature special vaccination reunion moments. Convene editorials with publishers of Catholic newspapers. Request vaccination specials with BET undefeated sneaker shoppers and hot ones. Request vaccination specials with Christian Broadcasting, Netflix, and evangelical leaders. Then it goes on to say here, work with all major sports outlets, including NFL, NASCAR, MLB, CMA, to request they create special content with their talent and release their broadcasting on social channels. Work with all major sports leagues to send vaccination information to ticket holders. Work with ESPN for hosts to provide vaccination information. Partner with Disneyland for vaccination events in the amusement parks. Work with all Hollywood guides to work vaccination messaging into scripted and reality TV shows. Guys, this keeps going on. I'm not going to spend the whole show bringing this up. You can look at this. Every single media outlet in the entire world was given scripted information on how to push the vaccination message and why everybody needs to get injected. Now, you have to ask yourself the million-dollar Jeopardy question. If this was a completely safe, effective, free, unbelievably useful shot that everybody needed to get because it was so good – Why in the world did they have to spend almost a billion dollars sending money out and getting all these groups in every single media platform to literally regurgitate the same narrative lie over and over and over again? And the answer, I think you guys already know, is because it was not safe. It was not effective. It did not work. It was not okay. And it absolutely is not safe under any aspect of it. But when I started going through this, and you guys can read through it, it it keeps going on more and more and more and more. But pretty much every single media outlet on the planet, much less the United States, was regurgitating the exact same thing. This is why we do this show. This is why I have told you guys repeatedly, you cannot believe the major mainstream media networks. Now, they may put, like Dad says, they may put out some information on Fox News, on Tucker Carlson. They may put some stuff out there that's very accurate. There's no question about that. But there's always a narrative agenda behind the scenes to it. They want to make sure they control what everybody's talking about. This is why now I saw an article over in the UK. They're doing everything they can now to start preventing people from being able to talk about transgenderism and basically puberty blockers in a negative fashion. Right? I told you guys yesterday, I did a, we did a whole show on it yesterday. I'm not going to get into all that yesterday because I know that was a rough show. What they're doing now is they're now telling you, you're not allowed to bring this up. This is a taboo forbidden topic. You're not allowed to say anything about these people. You're not allowed to question it. You're not allowed to get mad about it. In the UK now, there's a video that came out and it shows a Catholic campaigner, Caroline Farrow, 
who says she was detained now for allegedly posting and putting memes out on an online forum, Kiwi Farms. She basically is a mother of five, and police arrested her in front of her children and apparently seized her computer following alleged offensive online posts concerning transgender issues. Yes, concerning transgender issues. People got mad and offended because she brought topics up, and the police showed up at her door. Take it across the pond here in the United States now. There is a CBS report that just came out up in Jamestown, Michigan. And the CBS Evening News ran a report yesterday lamenting the fact that various controversial homosexual and tranny-themed books have been removed from a school library in Jamestown, Michigan after parents complained that the material was pornographic. The entire CBS Evening piece framed the development which is occurring in schools nationwide now because parents are getting sick of this for good reason. They framed it as a sharp right. This this is literally what the title on the art on the on the show said: "Book banning in libraries and schools gain momentum." They're banning books, guys. You don't understand this. They're banning books in libraries. This is book burning. They're not allowed to do this. Well, what CBS didn't bother to go into detail, the correspondent noted that a lot of groups of parents have led a successful drive to defund the library. Oh, yeah, defund the library because they've gotten about 20 different books removed. What are these books? What are in them? Oh, it's very, very detailed, explicit homosexual sexual acts in the books depicted. They're literally porn books for children. And the parents said, absolutely not. These are coming out of the school library. And CBS Evening News, what do they do? They do a giant expose, book banning in libraries and schools is gaining momentum. And they got the school library president who kept repeating the defunded prerogative and says, I feel like we stepped back in time. We're talking about this book banning now. and They're defunding the library. This is what they always do when they don't get their way. They paint the opposition as somebody that's bad, as somebody that's horrific, as somebody that's going and doing these things like defunding libraries and banning books. No, parents are getting vocal, and I'm proud of these parents in Jamestown, Michigan. I'll tell you that right now. I am proud of them that they've been vocal about this and stating, no, these books have no place in a children's library, much less, honestly, any library. They're perversion, but again – This is what CBS News puts out there. Just like I said before, the mainstream media is a direct affront to freedom now. We have a state-controlled media. You just saw that with Judicial Watch, this Free Information Act. The government, the deep state, the CIA, these operatives on the back end, they're controlling every single thing that you see or hear on mainstream media. That is why it is so important. You continue to get the truth out there right now. And some people are going to go, well, that's a bit far-fetched, Austin. Do you really think they're controlling every aspect of mainstream media? 100% of what you see on television is controlled theater to make you think a certain direction and think about a certain topic and either approve it or decline it and go along with what they're telling you. 100% of it now, in my opinion, because this is what they do in every regime. They have to control the narrative. They have to continue to control what people's thoughts are. And when people come out and they start saying, no, we don't want homosexual pornographic books in children's library, CBS News, 
they do a spin doctor on it, and they say these parents, these right wing nut jobs, are banning books and defunding public libraries. They're not doing any of such. They're pulling out perversion out of the school library because it has no place in a school library. This is why you have to continue to be vocal because the only thing that evil men need to prevail is for good men to do nothing. What do you think, Ted? Wow, what an opening, Austin. Uh, you covered so much stuff. Uh, but just let me just be real direct here with like we always are on this show. There is no such thing as an independent mainstream media any longer. It's no, completely controlled no. to Operation Mockingbird. When the Freedom of Information request comes out and it shows how the government is completely colluding with the media through basically all these different channels because they're all owned by the same group of bankers, you start to understand very quickly that this media propaganda is all invasive. And that's why I've told you guys so many times. And, and guys, listen to me. A lot of you have written me letters, you know, emails uh, at Ask Dr. Ted. Be a doctor. Ask Doctor Ted B at Yahoo.com, and you're asking me to name the names of the people out there that are alt media that are fake. I know who they are, but I can't name them. I'm not going to get into a liability thing with that. I'm not going to put that kind of stuff in writing. If you know me personally, I'll be happy to tell you. And I've told a lot of you who they are, and you would not be surprised by any of the ones I tell you that are bad. And it's just anybody who continually puts out fear porn, fear porn, fear porn, fear porn, fear porn is probably CIA controlled. Just letting you know that. If you look at our news feed at HealthMasters.com, we don't put all that stuff out. We don't put all that. We don't do that because it's not necessary. The, the news is bad enough, honestly, without having to put out fear porn. It's just not necessary. We don't we don't do that. And that's why I'm very careful with the stories that get posted. Every once in a while, Harrison, my son, also posts some of those stories. He may put something in there that I don't care for, and I'll tell him to delete it. But the majority of those stories are always being posted by me. And so just remember that, guys. Just stay with the Health Masters news feed. It's a lot better. And you can also use it. You see it. We, have a, we, we also have it listed on Telegram. You know, I've got a good friend of mine. He works with the Telegram. He posts his stuff for me every day, and he basically is phenomenal. He's a brilliant computer guy. So just remember this, that the media is controlled through Operation Mockingbird. It started a long, long time ago. It never stopped, and they completely give the same scripts to all of these different outlets to read the same stories because they're all owned by State Street, Vanguard, BlackRock, the, Black, you know, the, the Bloodline families, and that they control everything. That's what they do. And now they're telling the evangelicals, the host of these TV Christian shows to come in and talk about this stuff. Remember I told you a couple of years ago when all this stuff was breaking loose, I went on a major Christian network and I'll tell you the name of that network uh, in about six months because the person who I was on with has been terminated, which no surprise there. And I'll tell you exactly who they were and what happened, but I'm not going to do it while he's still working there. He's on his, basically he's getting paid until the end of the year. But the reality is this, I did a whole show on what we talk about here. I talked about the bloodlines. I talked about the, Genesis chapter 6. I talked about the ancient Canaanite religions. I did all of that. It was a 30-minute show. My friend pretty much let me have the entire broadcast, and what ended up happening is YouTube pulled it down immediately. He put it back up again, and they contacted him, and they told him if he puts that video back up again, they're going to basically take down the entire network's feed for all of the shows and delete it, delete their entire account. That that's happened to moi. And, you know, and it was ridiculous because it's probably the best show I've ever done as far as on a Christian network about this. And I was being very judicious in how I handled what I said so it wouldn't go berserk as far as people getting mad about any comments about, you know, the Middle East. But that's the thing that we need to realize is that this thing is a mess with Christian TV right now and with mainstream TV. And, and, we, and look at Canada now. Now Canada is basically locking people up because they're, they're talking against transgender stuff. And then banning books, this is the ADL doing this. Uh, you remember I told you that the other day I was reading an article on it. It was the ADL, the ADL, the ADL, and they call everybody Nazis and fascists. Why do they do that? 
it's not the Nazis and the fascists that are going out and basically trying to indoctrinate the kids into becoming transgenders. It's the communist Luciferian weirdos that are the Kabbalists that are doing this. And we need to understand that. And, you know, in Germany back in the 30s, they had massive book banning campaigns. They were doing the same thing. They were burning the pornography. They were burning the stuff that was against the, basically the German people. They were burning the stuff against God. They were burning the stuff against Jesus. But yet they were book burners, you know. And again, the ADL or its derivative of whoever they were back then were the same ones who were basically saying the same thing back then about what the Germans were doing. Because almost all of these authors that were writing all of this filth and this pornography and all the other crap, uh, they were all pretty much of the same ethnic background. I'll leave it at that. You guys can fill in the blanks on that. And then that's why that's why the, the, the Third Reich said we're done with this. We don't want to have this stuff destroying the very fabric of our society and our children because per, per the Berlin cabarets in the 20s and the 30s, not, not after 33, but, but then the 20s and the 30s, they were having bestiality on the stage. They were they were the most filthy, the most decadent because the communists had come in to destroy the social fabric of Germany. And if you read the book Mein Kampf, which I've never been able to get through because it rambles too bad, but it goes into detail about the communist infiltration into Germany and to Europe. Now, I'm not promoting Mein Kampf. I've never been able to read it. I'm just saying that it, that whole book is a political book, really is, about the groups of people that were coming in. And, I, and, I'm, and remember, I'm not a fan of Hitler. Okay? Don't, don't, you put, don't, don't people put that on me, okay? Uh, but, but, what, but I will say this. That the Germans in the 30s stood against the communist indoctrination of their school systems and the communist indoctrination into their into their into their lives and the communist indoctrination into into basically destroying the very cultural fabric of Germany. And then after 33, when Hitler took power, this group of people from the Frankfurt School that were doing this in Germany were the spearhead, the point of the spear. They left, went back to Switzerland and hid. Then a year later, they went straight over to Columbia University and infiltrated our university systems. We've talked about that in depth with cultural Marxism. In the Frankfurt School, you guys can look it up and we'll go back on the shows and we'll talk about it. I'm not going to go back into depth. I got too much other stuff to cover today. But also, I want to say this: with this whole information on the drugs that people are being given now and these 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 puberty blocking drugs and all the things that they're pushing on these children, if you look at Galatians 5:20, it talks about the use of pharmacia, and that's basically drugs to enslave the minds of people all over the world, even back then when the books were being written for the New Testament. In Galatians 5:20, says idolatry. Sorcery, that's, that's pharmacia, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, and heresies. Revelation 9.20 said, and they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries. Again, that's pharmacia or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Because remember, these people that are involved in the sorceries that do this are also – what they are is a sex death cult. That's what they are. This is the Kabbalist Sephirians or sex death cult, and they, and they don't repent of their murders or sorceries. Revelation 18.23 says, the light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For the merchants you were the great men of the earth. This is basically the, the major drug manufacturers, et cetera, et cetera. There's top people that are almost all Kabbalists. For by your sorcery and drugs, that's what it is again, all the nations were received. And then Ephesians 5.11 says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And that's what we do on the show every day. I had more people coming, commenting yesterday that we're the only show that ties biblical reality and biblical truth to the current things that are happening. And we need to understand all of this stuff and what they're doing and what they're trying to do. Experts now, since we're talking about pharmacia, are now warning that anxiety pills could become the next opioid crisis as a U.S. task force pushes for every adult, every single adult. This, again, got paid by the government, age six, 18 to 65, to be screened for a condition of anxiety. 
Some experts fear anxiety medication would be the new opioid crisis. A leading panel of U.S. doctors who basically were involved in pharmacia recommended all adults be screened for anxiety. This could lead to overprescribing of highly addictive drugs. Experts warned the U.S. risks of an opioid-like crisis with anxiety pills decides to screen everyone under the age of 65 for the condition. The U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, one of the most influential bodies in U.S. healthcare, recommended last month that roughly 200 million Americans aged 18 and above are checked to see they don't have any symptoms. It would take a clinical help for anxiety more accessible and force patients to jump through less hoops to get help. But experts told the Daily Mail it could spur a surge in prescriptions for anti-anxiety medication, which are already feared to be at the center of the budding addiction crisis in the United States. And remember, these benzodiazepines that they're using for this are super addictive, and withdrawal from these can actually lead to death. These are Xanax, Clomipin, Valium, and Ativan. That's all part of that group. Dr. Anna Lepke, chief of addiction medicine dual diagnosis clinic at Stanford University, told Daily Mail that she feared the new guidance had echoes of the opioid epidemic. Dr. Jonathan Schledler, a psychiatry professor at the University of California, San Francisco, told Fox News that the following the recommendation would be terrible. Guys, they're trying to get everybody addicted to pharmacia. They're trying to get everybody addicted to drugs. We already have 65 million people addicted to opioids. Now, what are we going to put another 100 million into benzodiazepines because of stress and because of anxiety? Look, every once in a while, I'll get down. A little bit, you know, because of you know things that have happened to me here, especially recently, or because of the news or whatever. And when that happens to me, I go take down. I do. I go take a five HTP. I go take about two, three tablespoons of cod liver oil. I go take some B complex, B five, B six, and usually within thirty minutes, I'm feeling pretty good again. It happens. It works that fast. But I'm not going to start taking benzodiazepines. I mean, that stuff is so addictive. And, and, you know, you don't be involved with letting them do this. Remember, Pharma, Pharma Key already did this through the Sackler family and Purdue Pharma with this massive opioid crisis we have. That was so many people are addicted to Oxycontin and Oxycodone. Guys, listen to me. Do the natural approach. I'm not diametrically opposed to drugs. You guys know that. I'm not diametrically opposed to mainstream medicine if you have like a broken arm or something has to be fixed or you have to have back surgery or something because you've ruptured a disc. I'm not opposed to any of that stuff if it has to be done. But if there's not something that's a drastic thing like that, don't let a drug be your first course of action. I used to say this on the platform all the time when I'd be speaking to 40,000 people at a seminar back in the 90s when I was there with President Bush and the gang. I'd say this because I'd, you know, I'd, I'd written that book, Maximum Solutions to ADD and Autism. It's 20 years old now. It's data. It's still got some good info on it. We don't sell it anymore. But it's available for a couple bucks or whatever online. But I would say, look, I said if your child's been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, you know, why would you start – with a Schedule II drug like Ritalin or Adderall as a first treatment option when you can take out the red dyes, the blue dyes, the yellow dyes, all these different things, and it gives a lot of people a lot of results with children that have these conditions. Why wouldn't you start first by dietary changes, supplementation, before you put them on a Schedule II highly addictive drug? That was the question I always ask the groups. The people who sit there and nod say, you're right. And see, that's the whole key. You can always use the drugs. That's, that's not a problem. You can get those pretty much anywhere you want now with these doctors and these pharmacia pushers all over the world. They'll give you the drugs for your kids, and they can get them hopelessly addicted to all these different chemicals and drugs for their brain at a very, very young age. But why start there? I mean, why not? If you've got a problem with high blood pressure, okay, why start with you know, blood pressure medication? You know, sometimes you have to if it's real high in order not to have kidney damage. But why don't you change your diet? Why don't you start running on, you know, on a little round trampoline every day to try to increase the vascular flow, especially through the veins and through the, uh, through the, uh, 
the uh, one-way valves in your legs, and that will really help lower blood pressure. Take the HGH stimulate. Take the vitamin E. Take the cod liver oil. Take the stuff to thin the blood like that, and then get your blood pressure to come down naturally, and then you can always have the doctor titrate your dosing back down on the blood pressure medicine if you had to start on that. The same thing with headaches. If you have a headache and you're continually having headaches, you don't have a deficiency of aspirin or Tylenol or Advil. I mean, you, there's something going on. It could be probably – and it's probably blood sugar related again. So many of the conditions that people have are because they're eating junk all the time and their blood sugars are spiking. I've got a good friend of mine. got diabetes. And the other night we went out you know, to a restaurant and he ordered dessert. And I, and I got back in the car and I told him, I said, look, I love you like a brother, man. I've known you for a long time. I said, but, but you got diabetes. I said, you can't be ordering dessert. He goes, well, I only wanted a little bit. I said, you can't have it at all. It's not okay. It's not a healthy thing to do for a diabetic. It's just not something you need to put into your body. You know, I, t- I had another friend of mine last night. I talked to her. Her name's Teresa. And we, we were talking about her husband and how he had died basically from an aortic dissection. But he had very high insulin levels, very high blood sugar, and he wouldn't take care of himself. And, and it's true. So many people out there know they've got a problem with diabetes or they know they've got a problem with heart disease or they know they've got a problem but they don't want to change their diets. I had another friend of mine who was a doctor, and he was like 50, 50 – I think he was 48 years old. He had a heart attack, and he ate junk all the time. And we took him up to a restaurant, a German restaurant with him and his family. We took the RV and all the kids. We had a bunch of kids, a bunch of people piled. He had five kids. We had three in there. We had eight kids. And boy, there was like nine people in the RV. And we rode up there in the RV. We parked out there. And he ordered basically you know, deep fat fried pork schnitzel. And I looked at him. This is after he had a heart attack. I looked at him. I said, brother, what are you doing? I mean, I'm ordering like, you know, chicken, you know, and sauerkraut. <laughs> I'm eating clean, right? I mean, sick chicken salad. And he goes, well, I, I like this. And I said, dude, you're a cardiac patient. You can't eat this. And he goes, well, I only do it every once in a while. I said, you can't do it ever. It's not okay. Three years later, he had another heart attack and he died at the age of 52. And you think through this and you say, well, why aren't people listening? I don't know. You know, light has come into the world, but the world does prefer the darkness. I mean, sometimes it's easier to get a person saved than it is to get to change your diet. I mean, I've heard all of that before, and a lot of it's true. But the thing about it is, if someone says to you, hey, look, this stuff is bad. You know, I've got so many of you now that so we don't eat pork anymore. You guys said how bad pork is, and I'm, we're not, we don't touch it. And I commend you for that. But then I've got other people who go, well, we're going to have a pork roast tonight. And they know that I don't eat pork. And, you know, they're not inviting me to dinner, but they're telling me that via email or text or whatever. And my response is always the same. Why are you eating pork? Well, we like it. And I'm like, well, why are you doing it? It's poison. <laughs> the World Health Organization said it's the number one cause of cancer globally. So why would you put that in your body? So this is the kind of stuff that we always see happening with people who really, really, really – know the truth, but they don't want to implement it in their own lives. Now, here's another interesting article, too, and it goes back into the 30s, and I want to tie this together with Nazi Germany again, and it's Eric Metaxas, and he says, Silence of the American Churches echoes the 1930s Nazi Germany. About 3,000 of the approximately 18,000 Protestant pastors in Germany in the 30s openly supported Adolf Hitler, and about the same number ended up opposing his tyrannical rule. But it was the vast majority of ministers, about 12,000, who chose to remain silent arguing that it wasn't their place to engage in politics, who enabled the Nazis to crush the heroic 3,000 who stood up against the dictator, points out Eric Metaxas in the letter to the American church. He goes, that is the nightmare. They thought it would be safe, Metaxas said in an interview with James Robinson on the Life Television program, but I'm not, I'm not endorsing James Robinson. No further comment on that. The pastor, Metaxas said, decided we won't take a position. We don't want to be political. We'll just keep our nose down, preach our stuff on Sunday morning, and when we leave the building, we're going to bow down to the authority of the state. But taxes contends that the American church today mirrors the silence of the German church before what happened in Germany. If church leaders, he said, don't learn the lessons of the 30s, we're going to go down precisely the same path. And people say, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Trust me when I say the Germans didn't believe that future was even possible, but it happened. 
And we're no different than the Germans, he said. Now, I'm going to stop here for one second. Now, he also talks about the best-selling book by German Lutheran pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who boldly opposed the Nazi regime and was finally executed for participating in the famous Operation Valkyrie plot to last time Hitler. But the letter to the American church, Max explained to on the TV interview, is that the silence of the church in Germany – it led to the satanic evil of what happened in Germany is exactly the same silence that we have in the American church today. And he's right. But now I'm going to say something even more dire than that. The Kabbalist Luciferian network who came after Germany in full force and they declared war on Germany in 1933 by Samuel Untermeyer on WABC. Okay. This is a group of Jewish bankers and Jewish elites who opposed Hitler's rise to power in Germany with Samuel Untermeyer, the head, who came in. He's, remember, he's the same guy who blackmailed Woodrow Wilson. He's the same guy who got the Federal Reserve Act in. He's the same guy who got brandished under the Supreme Court. He's the same guy who basically pushed to have World War I start. He was the same guy who pushed Wilson to support the League of Nations. He was that same guy who basically supported the Schofield Reference Bible. I mean, if I could go back in history and delete one person out of historical context and make them go away and – give their uh, father some contraceptive aid <laughs> over 100 years ago, it would be this guy, all right? This guy didn't need to be born. He was bad, the Samuel Untermeyer guy. But he also declared war on Germany in 33 because he was a communist, and he wanted the United States to fall to cultural Marxism. He wanted Germany to fall to cultural Marxism, and they posed the rise of the national state in Germany because they didn't want to have nationalism in Germany, and it was under the rise of Adolf Hitler. That's what happened in Germany. So they turned the entire world against Germany. I mean, Germany, a lot of their divisions were still being using – they were still using horses and carts. They were, they were, they were pulling cannon around and, and, and artillery with, with, with horses. I mean, they weren't ready to fight the world. I mean, what kind of nonsense was that? But they forced this whole thing into World War II. Now, think about it for a second. I'm going to give you one more thing with this. I'll let Austin do his next segment. When Germany invaded, invaded Poland in 39, England declared war on Germany. But it wasn't Germany alone. Germany and Russia invaded Poland, and they split Poland down the middle. Remember that. And Germany wanted back the land that they had lost through the Versailles Treaty. Russia took the rest of it. But England did not clear, declare war on Germany. They only declared uh, – England did not declare war on Russia. They only declared war on Germany. Read the book, The Bad War by King. It's a free PDF. It's not going to cost you anything. And look at the other historical side of what happened with World War II. Again – I'm not a fan of Hitler. You guys know that. What he did with the German youth and dying and then him escaping to Argentina and then him giving the, the, the dog on the trigger mechanisms to the United States for the nuclear weapons, according to the book The Fourth Reich by James Mars. There's some crazy stuff that he did that I am diametrically opposed to, and he was actually installed by the international banking community, by the way, if you want to really go back into the detail with all of this stuff. They supported the German war effort. So we need to understand that the German people stood against this Kabbalist Luciferian network, and they were utterly destroyed and are still being destroyed right now. They're, they're still destroying Germany with all the, the massive immigration they've done, and the German DNA within 50 years will probably be very, very limited, and Germany will be completely displaced from a cultural standpoint. And that's exactly what they're doing to the United States. That's why we as Christians, you and me – I pray for you guys every day, but I haven't prayed for you yet this morning, but I'm going to pray after the show. We've got to stand our ground. We've got to stand our ground and continue to boldly proclaim the truth of what's happening in the real world. And that's what we do in this show, and I tie it back to Scripture every day. Uh, yesterday I had a, a lady basically send me an email, and, and she was very upset that you know she couldn't send an email, a, a show that we had done to her family 
because basically the show was talking about Jesus, which was I always do. You guys know that. And, and I, and I basically, uh, she basically told me that I needed to change my format and, and she did. And she was, and she was really nice about it. She was very, very nice. Uh, but, but the problem is she just wanted me to change things. And she talked about the, the TV show Dragnet and just the facts, please. You know, we don't need this evangelical stuff from you. And she claimed to be a Christian because she wanted to send this show out to other people. And here's what I said back to her. And I love this lady. She's really nice. She sent me a really sweet letter. But this is my stance on this show. I said, thanks for the feedback, but my heart beats for the great I am. For me not to be led by the Holy Spirit would not work. This show was built on Jesus, for he is our only answer. Sincerely, Ted. And that's going to be my stance as long as I'm alive on this show. I'm going to always feel that way. Because if we have an answer, it is only in him. And we've got to understand that. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Well, you're exactly right. I mean, and I get this show. You know, it steps on a lot of toes. <laughs> I've heard that from numerous people. And it doesn't make everybody happy. And it makes a lot of people mad. But that's always kind of what happens when you start putting truth out there, right? And not everybody's going to agree with stuff. You know, Dad and I have had this conversation before. You know, you got a friend and you agree, you know, 80% of the time and 20% of the time you disagree, that's still a good solid B. That's that's a fantastic grade in my opinion. I've never been one that's all you got to have a 100% all the time. It's really not feasible. That's really not realistic in most cases. And well, so what ha- people have to start understanding is, and this is what I've, I've had this happen to me repeatedly, where people will come in and the topic of, say, Trump comes up, and I'll be – pretty much on point with them on like 99% of what we're talking about. We're all on the same topics. We're all on the same page. And all of a sudden Trump comes up and I'm like, no, Trump absolutely completely and totally violated the American public's trust. When he gave the ATF carte blanche immunity to come in and ban bump fire stocks. I just had a conversation just last night about this with another friend. And a lot of people do not understand what exactly he did when he told ATF after the ATF had ruled four times <laughs> that bump fire stocks were simply sliding stocks. They had no control over the trigger pack. They had no impact on rate of fire. All they simply did was allow the gun to slide in and out of a sliding stock. Nothing changed on the firearm. It was a textbook accessory. And he greenlighted ATF to go in and arbitrarily change 1934 law without congressional approval and rewrite the law to word it in the way that it fit ATF so ATF could make a sliding accessory stock that goes on a rifle a machine gun. Guys, bumpfire stocks didn't even have serial numbers on them. They were a plastic shell that slid back and forth. They were not very accurate. They were not very effective. The whole thing was based on the complete and total strangest conspiracy theory, whatever you want to talk about, with the Las Vegas shooting. Now, it was just the anniversary of that the other day, if you guys uh, saw that. you know. And what's interesting to me about it, and I thought about this because I had another conversation again last night about it. With one of my friends, and I said, this is just the five-year anniversary of the largest mass shooting in modern history. Remember, it was classified as the largest mass shooting in recent history, with allegedly 58 people died in the Vegas shooting. You know what's interesting about that, though? You didn't hear one single mainstream media outlet even bring up the Vegas shooting two days ago on October 5th, which is the anniversary. 
Anybody else find that odd? This is the largest mass shooting in pretty much recorded history, and the mainstream media didn't even give it 30 seconds. They put up a CBS report about why parents are banning books because they don't want to have pornographic books in children's libraries. Now, you would think the largest mass shooting in U.S. history would get at least a minute coverage on CBS. It didn't. Why is that? There are so many loose ends and questions that have never been answered that nobody wants to bring the topic up. I told you guys, I went out to Las Vegas for the SEMA Auto Show right after the shooting. I mean, it was like three weeks after the shootings. I had already planned it here in advance. I was a little skeptical. I don't really know if I want to go out to Las Vegas after this. I went out there, and I'm Ubering around and talking to people, and I asked every single Uber driver about the incident. And now everybody knew about it. Everybody was still talking about it all over the town. And repeated Uber drivers said, well, the story didn't match up. Because the guy allegedly was shooting out the window and expended allegedly 3,000 rounds of ammunition through, I think, what was it, 28 guns or something. They were all bump fire stocks. And allegedly, when the cops go in on body cam footage that got released, what, almost a year later, they blatantly say in the body cam footage, there's no windows broken. There's nothing broken over here. There was no breeze coming through the hotel room. There was nothing. There was just guns scattered all over the room and a Patsy, in my opinion, Stephen Paddock, laying on the ground who had allegedly shot himself right before the cops allegedly kicked in the front door. Now, I've told you guys, if you go out to Vegas, there are no balconies in Vegas. No hotels have balconies out there unless you get some random like top tier penthouse suite. There are no balconies. They don't want anybody jumping off. They don't want anybody panicking after they lose all their money out there, the casinos, the mob owns. Every single window in every single hotel is all extremely high impact rated glass because it's a desert. They have sandstorms. They have huge winds. They got to be able to handle 150 mile an hour impacts. They're designed to handle that. But somehow, allegedly, this guy manages to get 30 guns up into his room, breaks out two, not one, but two high impact hurricane glass windows in the Mandalay Bay Hotel, and then manages to fire from, I think, five or 600 meters away with a bump fire stock on 28 different guns and manages to shoot and kill 58 people. And there was also two helicopters flying around that night that were on the record locator showing that they were flying around. And the cyclical rate, if anybody has heard cyclical rate from a machine gun, from a 240 Bravo machine gun, everybody knows that was not what you basically – they were claiming they said it was a bump fire stock. So before I get into all this weird stuff with that, think about it for a second. The largest mass shooting in alleged recorded history of the United States in recent history did not get 30 seconds on mainstream media. But they're going to make sure they put out a whole propaganda campaign about why parents are banning books because they don't want to have pornographic material in their children's libraries. They don't bring that part up. They just say parents are on a book banning rampage. They're wanting to ban all the books. My friends, we're not all going to agree on the same topics, but there are going to be numerous things we do agree on. And when we do, we have to be unified on these topics. We have to push forward and we have to expose the truth. I had a discussion a couple months back with a friend that was a friend of a friend at a birthday party. And he was on the discussion of biblical values when it came to pork, like how she talked about pork. And this is always a big topic among Christians. They think that pork is okay. 
And my comment is very clear. Pork's not going to send you to hell. You're not going to eat pork or sausage and suddenly you're going to go to hell. That, that grace was abundance after that. And the law, as far as with, you know, having to sacrifice for your sins was no longer after Jesus died. However, the sanitary guidelines and the dietary guidelines were not there to be required as law. They were there to basically tell you, hey, this is probably the best thing not to eat. It's really a scavenger animal. It's a hog. If you guys have ever been out in the woods and gone hog hunting, which I have before, hogs that are out in the wild are nasty, nasty creatures. They stink to high heavens. They're covered in lice. They eat anything, dead carcasses, feces. They eat anything. Now, the conversation can be brought up. Are farm-raised hogs, you know, organic USDA pork on a, you know, grass-fed diet, I guess, is that a healthier hog? Sure, by all means, it's much healthier than eating basically a wild boar out in the woods. But is it still a healthy meat? No, it's not. It's not a healthy meat at all. It's still a scavenger animal. And this is what I told the one guy we were in the conversation. I said, Aunt, hogs are scavengers. He goes, yes. You know what else are scavengers that are unclean? Vultures. He said, well, yeah. I said, do you eat vulture? He's like, no, I don't eat vulture. That's disgusting. I said, same text. I said, if it's something that's designed to be a scavenger animal, there's a reason why Noah only brought two of them on the ark. Seven clean, two unclean. They weren't planning on eating the hogs, guys. That's why they brought two hogs. If they would have brought two hogs and they ate one of them, the pig population would have never existed after the flood. It would have been gone. That's why they brought two of them, not seven of them. So just to, touch, to look at it, just because it's doable, just because you can do it, doesn't necessarily mean you should do it or it's going to be healthy for you. Just a side note on there. Also, too, in other news, this is something very interesting that I saw now as well. The more is coming out more and more and more and more now about what is happening with this shot. And now apparently more research is coming out showing that the neurological diseases in 2021 after the COVID-19 vaccines have come out, we've seen a 100,000% increase in strokes now, reports are starting to say, according to the VAERS report and numerous other reports. Now, of course, they're saying that a lot of these cases have nothing to do. Nothing to do at all with the COVID shot at all. It's complete and total speculation. However, when you actually look at the numbers, the only thing that has changed between 19 and 2021 was the shot. COVID's not causing these problems. That was the part that made me so mad when I had this, these doctors coming online and they're saying, oh, we're seeing now when patients are admitted into the hospital, COVID's attacking their liver and their kidneys. They literally said that textbook said that verbatim and then suddenly we all start finding out um no covid's not attacking the liver and the kidneys you're putting them on standard care remdesivir that fauci got approved which failed all clinical trials when they tested it in 2016 in africa as probably the worst viral drug they made and the worst performing and the most dangerous Yet suddenly it got emergency use at the beginning of COVID, and it was a standard care immediately to put people on intravenous <laughs> remdesivir as soon as they came to the hospital. It grenaded their kidneys, grenaded their liver, started causing fluid buildup because the kidneys failed. Fluid buildup started in the lungs. They got severe pneumonia with fluid in their lungs. They put them on a respirator. The respirator killed them within two or three days because they still kept them on a remdesivir trip, and it was done. And they did it to hundreds of thousands of people. I told you guys, the guy that came to do an inspection on my house for insurance a little over a year ago, 
And he was like just almost crippled up walking around. I said, dude, you all right, man? He goes, no. He goes, I just got out of the hospital like three weeks ago from COVID. I said, oh. I said, how'd you do? And he goes, it was horrible. And I said, COVID hit you that hard? He said, no, the doctors did. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, I didn't know when they put me in there. They put me on remdesivir. He goes, within two days of being on intravenous remdesivir, he said, my bones were hurting. He said, it wasn't COVID. He said, I was literally dying. I felt like my entire body was shutting down. I was getting much, much, much worse. And he said, the doc, my wife had ended up getting an attorney. I was sneaking ivermectin tablets in there for me. They finally got me off remdesivir the third day. She got me on uh, ivermectin and basically within three to four days started making a massive recovery. And he said 100% guarantee if she would have not got me on remdesivir, got me off of remdesivir, he goes, it would have killed me. He goes, it was the most horrific thing I've ever been through in my life. And he said, I'm still dealing with the side effects from it. My liver values are still massively elevated. He said, I don't drink. I never drink. My liver values are still through the roof. He said, I lost 40 pounds. He said, I can't work out. My body still aches. My joints ache. And I said, you think this was from Rendezvous? He said, I know 100% this is from Rendezvous because the only thing that changed. And he goes, everybody else in my family that caught COVID, they all recovered just fine. I was the only one that went to the hospital because my, my basically mom insisted on it because I had a really bad cough. This is what they did to everybody. This thing with remdesivir, it is flat-out criminal, guys. I am not going to stop talking about it, nor am I going to stop pushing. I've talked to numerous people that I know, including attorneys and law firms that have been working on this stuff with class-action lawsuits with remdesivir. Fauci needs to be held accountable. The drug manufacturers – that put this stuff out, they got approval for it, they all need to be exposed. And by all means, these doctors and hospitals need to get exposed too for what they did to everybody. And the sad part about it was it was all under emergency use authorization, so they have that shield right up front. But there are ways around this stuff. But make sure you, my friends, understand you get the truth out there because there's a lot of people that are impacted about this. COVID wasn't killing people in mass in the hospital. Remdesivir was, and that is a fact because I know dozens of people that caught COVID directly, including myself, and balanced out with natural supplements, rested and kicked out of it in five or six days. I also know people that caught it, were not in that bad of shape, went in the hospital, and were dead within a few days, including close friends. This was completely and totally criminal, and we have to get the truth out to the best we can. The same thing goes with this shot. This shot was one of the biggest bioweapons we've ever seen released. There is no question about what it does to the body now. The spike protein and causing the body to continue to produce spike proteins and what it's doing to the inflammation of the cardiac system, cardiac muscle, and the circulatory system is known now. It's not just, oh, well, we're kind of you know wondering about this. This is our opinion. No, it's direct fact now what this shot does, including the fact that it does not work yet. 171 million doses purchased from Pfizer now to roll out for the next phase of shots. I told you guys yesterday about the nurse up north. Got the shot, perfectly healthy, 20 years old, got the new shot. The next day, died from a heart attack. 20-year-old healthy nurse dies from a heart attack the next day after the shot. Give me a break, guys. They know what they're doing. It is up to us if we're going to resist it and keep getting the truth and tell people what's really happening with what's going on right now, Dad. What do you think? Uh, another really good segment, Austin. I, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, the people out there have no idea what's going on. I have a friend of mine. He was a he's, he's a college professor, and he ended up going to the hospital. And they put him on the remdesivir. He lost like 40 pounds, and he's brain damaged now. 
I mean, he ain't right in the head at all. I mean, he had some issues before he had this COVID as far as personality wise, but he just ain't even right. I mean, he was basically, he texted me and told me he'd gotten out of the hospital. I didn't know he'd gone into the hospital. And then I sent him some information on what he could do as far as mitigating the damage. And he starts fussing at me and says, why haven't you offered to help me? And I'm like, you're out of the hospital. I thought you were okay. I just starts just, just lays into me. And I've known the guy for you know, almost 40 years. And just basically, he just grenaded the friendship over. It. And I just, I continue just to support him and, and to pray for him. But he's, he's, he ain't right in the head anymore because of this, because of these doggone brain damaged neurological diseases that we've had here in the United States. I mean, look at some of the numbers here. Now, this, this is when you stop and you look at this. I'm going to post this article on the, uh, uh, on, the, on, the, on the, on the, on the, on the website. Look at aphasia. Okay, this is um, epileptic aphasia. This is, this is a lot of people, including Hollywood stars, come down with this. Uh, there were thousands and thousands of cases. There's been a 6,000% increase in aphasia in the sense the COVID shots were introduced. Uh, look, look at palsy and all the side effects of that. There have been a 3,614% increase in palsy. Encephalopathy, uh, there's been a, another 3,128% in that. Strokes after the shot uh, is up 101,863% cases of strokes reporting after the COVID shot because of the blood clots. And, you know, now many funeral bombers are actually claiming that 85% of the dead bodies now have strange blood clots as the COVID vaccine rollouts. And this just goes on and on and on and on. And, and we start to realize that this stuff is just a massive, massive problem that we have in the United States now and all over the world because of these mRNA shots that we've been given and the blood clotting effects of them and all the other effects from a neurological standpoint. When you cut out blood flow to the brain, you kill part of the brain, period. It's just always what happens. Last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, I don't remember anymore. It was last week or I think it was. I had COVID for like four days. I took the hydroxychloroquine. I took the ivermectin. I took the vitamin D3. I took the vitamin C. I took the zinc. I took all the stuff that we know to take. I took the potassium iodine. And I was done with it in four days. You guys saw it. It came on me on a Friday. You started, yeah, I could feel it. Uh, Saturday was, it was pretty bad. Sunday was pretty bad. I did the show on Monday. It was already getting better. By Tuesday, I was better. Wednesday, I was pretty much done with it. It was no big deal. It's just a, it's just a you know one-two punch with the supplements and the stuff that you can use to get rid of this parasitic mess or whatever it is because these are anti-parasitical drugs. And what ended up happening is I was fine again. Now, I did have to start taking the N-acetylcysteine. I had a little bit of shortness of breath. Every time I get that COVID mess, which I had like three times now, I've got to start on the NAC and i got to make sure that I'm taking enough of the HGH stimulate to make sure I have enough – you know, oxygen in my blood and enough repair in my system for the glutathione precursor like the NAC, and it works really, really well. Remember the one article I read you two years ago, a year and a half ago, when it was talking about the people that came down with these spike protein things in their body. They basically ended up, uh, you know, having remediation of the problems if they took the N-acetylcysteine and they took the took a nitric oxide supplement. And so it really, really helps if you got the right nutrients in your body in the event of these things. That's very, very important. Now, I want to say one other thing too. Uh, Mancal sent me this this morning, I, and I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I, I I saw it and I thought I'm going to go ahead and read this one on the air because it's it's true that we've got a lot of people out there that are basically in a situation where. You know, they're looking for a spouse and, you know, and, you know, I'm not really looking for a spouse, but I, I would like some companionship. But, you know, what's interesting about this is it says in the ad, in the meme he sent said to me, he said, marry someone who thanks God for you, not someone who takes God from you. I'm going to repeat that. Marry someone who thanks God for you, not someone who takes God from you. This is very important that we understand this. I mean, a lot of you and um, are looking for relationships. Try to find a person 
who wants to encourage your relationship with God and they want to increase their relationship with God. Very, very important that we all do that, that we Christians really need to date Christians and committed Christians really need to date committed Christians. Look at this disaster now with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. And I don't really talk about tabloid stuff, but this is making all the news again about all these accusations. This Jezebel witch is making against Brad Pitt. And I'm not saying he's a great guy. I have no idea what his personal life is. It's pretty bad because he stays drugged and stoned pretty much. But, of course, if I was married to Angelina Jolie, I might be drugged and stoned too just trying to deal with that nightmare witch. But, the, I mean, watch her video on, on YouTube about how she talked about she was in one of these sacrificial weirdo rituals. Watch that. You, you figure it out on yourself. But, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me for one second. This is really important. Brothers and sisters in Christ. If you end up do getting a divorce and you end up basically having a situation where there's children involved, it's really, really, really important that you don't tear into your spouse, whether it be your wife or your husband in front of the children. I see this all of the time, and it fractures families and it fractures relationships with kids. My mother, who was suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome, I always love her. I, I did her funeral for her, and, I, you know, and she has really good qualities, but she was suffering with PTSD. When my dad and her got divorced – she hammered him all the time, all the time, all the time to the kids. And I saw through it. My sister did not. And see, it's important that we understand that we have to maintain relationships with our families. We have to honor our father and our mother. And the men and women, listen to me. It's important that you honor your children by doing that and honoring your husband. If you don't have anything good to say about your spouse, just don't say anything at all and let the kids decide. Really, really important. I want to kind of share that with you today. I'm about to go pray for you guys. I love you. You guys are absolutely amazing, and thanks again for listening, and, um, and I really, really appreciate you. Also, go ahead and finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, yes, and that, that is really good information. You know, Lane and I have always had that conversation as well. As you know, it's always important to show respect to each other as far as in front of the kids because, remember, the kids, they watch everything you do. They watch how you interact. They watch how you talk to one another. They watch how you're affectionate to one another, and they build a lot of their – pretty much their knowledge on how they are going to act and how they are going to interact with their spouse in the future. They learn it at such a young age. That is why it's so important at this young age when they're in their single digits that you continue to keep them in church and you teach them biblical values as well. I mean that sincerely. It's absolutely crucial right now because every single thing is coming at them is trying to compromise them. I told you guys yesterday, the sole purpose, I think what they're trying to do now is they're trying to go in and pervert these children and take their innocence from them. There is no logical, scientific, or even educational reason that you need to be talking to five and six-year-olds about any type of sex or sexual gender or ideology or gender identity, none of that. That topic is not needed in that age bracket at all. You know, it's funny. Because, you know, in the MPAA, years and years ago, when they first started to rate movies, as far as, you know, G, PG, PG-13, R, so forth, NC-17, um, the whole aspect of when they came out with PG was parental guidance is suggested. There may be elements in these films that, you know, as parents, you know, you need to be aware of. The PG-13, have you ever wondered why it was PG-13? It wasn't PG-12. It wasn't PG-15. It wasn't PG-8. It was PG-13. 
Parental guidance is suggested under anyone who's under the age of 13 because at 13, it was kind of that knowledge base where a child starts going to puberty in most cases, that age bracket right around there, and they kind of start to become a teenager. And that innocence kind of leaves them and they start becoming more of an adult. They start growing into an adult and going into puberty. So they're going to experience things. They're going to know things. They're going to see things. And they're not going to be as innocent as they were anymore. So anyone under the age of 13, parental guidance is suggested. That's always been kind of a staple age until now. Now what they've done is they've removed that concept and they've said it's a free-for-all. Four, five, six-year-olds? Oh, they're free game. We can indoctrinate them, we can pervert them, and we can teach them the most vile, sadistic lies out there. Like, you can take puberty blockers whenever you want, and it's like a stop sign. It'll let you figure out your gender identity, and then, then you can stop taking them whenever you're ready. It's a lie. Those things have horrific side effects on the endocrine system and on the hormone balance in the body. You'll just stop taking those and all of a sudden, oh, everything's normal now, but I'm puberty blockers for eight years and hey, I'm, I think I'm just going to stay a boy now. Yeah, okay, let me know how that works out for you. This is complete and total perversion of not only biblical law, of natural law. Complete perversion. Do not allow your children to get exposed to it. And by all means, do not go along with it. Do not send back idly by and pretend that this is okay. Like the parents up there that have been getting involved in all these school boards and kicking school board members out like we've done down here in Polk, like they did up there in Michigan, getting these books out of these libraries, these perverted books. Get active, my friends. Our children deserve it. we got to leave them something. And right now, golly. We're not leaving them much. I'll tell you that right now. It's, it's, it's degraded quickly. So continue to get the truth out there, my friends. Keep staying strong in your beliefs and your convictions. If you know something's true, I say this all the time, stand by it. Completely and totally stand firm on it. Don't compromise. Thank you for the continued support. Thank you for supporting Health Masters. If you all need anything, healthmasters.com, 1-800-726-1834. Be sure to check out the product of the week, the Cortisol Buster, one of my all-time favorite products, Cortisol Buster, on sale right now for 10% off on the front page of the website. Also, too, vote for what you want to see win next week as well. Lots of different products up there, including the Sleep Like a Baby Kit on sale for 15% off this last week with the Melatonin, Magnesium, and uh, Total Rest. So check those out at healthmasters.com. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.